everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and today we are talking about Loki. That's right. The third episode, Lamentus, came out yesterday and the world is a buzz. Uh, but we have a special guest here today, Robert Klauser. How's it going, buddy? Welcome back. What's up, Alex? Thanks for having me back on, man. Yeah, of course. Glad to have you. Uh, with that out of the way, we'll right. dive right in. This uh, this was a good episode. I've got some notes of some bits that I, I wanted to call out, but first blush, definitely shorter. The episode I timed it is roughly 34 minutes long, which is crazy compared to the other two episodes. Obviously, you know, factoring in the dang credits and the opening, oh, because you missed the last episode of Loki. Uh, it's, yeah, 34 minutes, super quick. Uh, and it was kind of surprising in a way. I certainly wasn't expecting this to be what the episode was about. And uh, yeah, so what did you think about it? Just as a, you know, kind of first blush sort of thing. Oh, I enjoyed this episode a lot. I know it was short, but it, it kind of explained some things that we kind of talked about in the first episode as far as what's going on with the, uh, with the timekeepers and, and, and the uh, TVA people. So yeah. I, I I appreciate that. Uh, we got to look more at, at uh, Sylvie, what she calls herself, female Loki. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was short, but it was it was fun for me. Yeah, short but sweet. That's how, what I would say, too. Uh, and I will say, so obviously, you guys know this, spoilers for everything coming up. Uh, but yeah, well, let's dive right into it. So this episode opens up with, and I said it before, uh, I think for, was that was for the last episode, but... We get some more Sasha Lane in this episode and super happy to have it uh, open up with a really cool song that, uh, and I think actually I can, I can find it for those of you who are curious, but it's uh, not coffee. Um, I'll, I'll get the name, but a really cool beats. And uh, the episode opens up with Lady Loki, uh, who we find out obviously later in the episode. So that way we will just refer to her as Sylvie. Uh, eating, uh, having a kind of like a cocktail happy hour with uh, C20, Sasha Lane. Uh, the song is called Demons by Haley Kiyoko. And a uh, very fun beat. And I saw it. I think the song came out in 2020. So I love that Marvel is getting like new songs and putting them in, especially ones with really sick beats. So that was great. Uh, but she's talking with uh, Sasha's character. And uh, it sounds like they're having fun. But all of a sudden we hear her saying, you know, tell me where the timekeepers are. And she gets kind of confused and then they're in a whole nother situation. I know when I first saw it was like, Oh, Whoa, what's going on. But then we quickly find out that this is essentially Sylvie trying to crack C20 head and figure out where the timekeepers are. So um, I thought this was a really good opening. Yeah, it was. It kind of reminded me of Captain Marvel a little bit when they're trying to get inside her head. Yeah. That's a great point. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really cool, man. It's like uh, we get to we get to see what, how her power actually works and whatnot. So, yeah, absolutely. Because you know, before that, all you get is her touching people's heads, and and, and again, I love to. We, we're going to see it. She explains everything about how she does it, but uh, kind of cool to see firsthand how she's doing it because she sounds super nice. And I was like, oh, are they just like she took her out to lunch? Okay, and then I was like, oh, okay, it's all in her head. And it all happened to take place at the same time that Loki and the TVA show up at the uh, rocks cart supermarket. So we immediately get the answer that we were clamoring for from this last episode, which was where do they go? Uh, And this was honestly was my favorite part. I think of the, maybe maybe one of my favorite parts probably wasn't my favorite, but uh, when, uh, they she she leaves right last episode we were like oh my god like the possibilities are endless where could she be going is she going to sakar is she going to titan is she where where is she going and lo and behold we find out she's going right back to the tva which is awesome and i think is the perfect place for them to take her and or at least for her to take him it makes a lot more sense in regards to her story but i certainly was not expecting that that was probably the last place that i thought about what about you robert I didn't think they were going back to the TVA so quick, but I, I guess it makes sense. Like where, where else could you go? Like you got to think about what she did. She, she branched out all on timelines and everybody left. Like you saw at the end of the episode, all these people were jumping back through portals, trying to fix everything so she can get there and I guess find the timekeepers. So it, it, it makes sense, but I had no idea that's what they were going back to. 
Yeah, same. And I, that was a conversation we definitely had had. And I think I probably called that out in the last uh, podcast episode that the reason she was dropping all those bombs in was as a distraction. And uh, the question, though, obviously was like, why is she wanting to distract? Because at this point, we didn't know what she wanted. And when Loki was kind of confronting her at the end, he's saying, you know, I want to overthrow the timekeepers. And she's kind of given off this vibe of like, yeah, you do whatever you want. Like, that's not what I'm doing. And so it was like, well, then what are you doing? And so we see her coming back to the TVA and heading for what looks to be the timekeeper. So I was like, oh, okay. So she actually is also trying to get to the timekeepers. She probably just didn't want to be around Loki. But we see in this bit that she is an awesome fighter. I oh, yeah. loved these fight scenes. Oh, yeah. This episode is like the most action-packed one so far, I think. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because, uh, you know, we, we had talked of like, you know, this episode really not a, a lot happens, but not a lot happens. Like we're, mm -hmm. you know, these other two episodes, you get so much information and you're learning about the multiverse war. You're learning about what time is in the MCU and you don't get any of that in this episode. It is, it is mostly just character work except right. for one very huge bombshell that's dropped at the very end. And I completely forgot that, like, yeah, this is probably the most action-packed episode because there isn't that much action in the other two Loki episodes. But even cooler is that the action here, a lot, most of it is hand-to-hand -hand combat, which is awesome. It felt felt kind of John Wickish, but uh, also definitely had its own vibe. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, the action plus plus the uh, the effects from Lamentis were freaking cool. Man. Like, like you, you forget that this is a TV show. It, it looks cinematic. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, so, and there's a lot of there's some interesting vibes that were given on Lamentus for sure. I I had a very big uh, Mandalorian vibe of that planet, which mm -hmm. is uh, not a bad thing at all. Uh, though it was funny because this episode as a whole felt like the Mandalorian. Is specifically this one felt like uh, a mixture of I would say season two episode one. Uh, of them going to Tatooine and uh, being in a place where nobody lives, but then also every other Mandalorian episode where the ship gets damaged and they have to go to a planet and refuel. You're forgetting one other uh, story, Alex. Uh-oh. You should know this one. Uh, Mandalorian story? No. Star Wars, but not not Mandalorian. You should know this one. When they're boarding the trains and everything and they only let the rich people on the Ark. What, oh, what is that kind is that? of... Is that like Solo? No. Light of the Jedi. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. When they're evacuating the planet, yep, that's yep. a great call out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that was that was really crazy. When you oh, we know they're only letting the rich people on. They've got to escape. Right. That you're that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Light of the Jedi. Yeah, the lot of Star Wars parallels in here, and I think, uh, and we'll dive into them as we see them. Like I said, there's there's a lot, and and part of that is. I would say the only frustration that I have with this episode, it wasn't a bad episode. I would, I would, it's not my favorite of the three, but mm -hmm. it's not bad either. So like, I, I, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about other than this Mandalorian bit. And not again, not because they're acting like Mandalorian, but mm -hmm. I'm just, I've never, and I've said this on a lot of episodes. I'm not a fan of the uh, pit stop episode. And oh this, yeah. This felt mm -hmm. like a pit stop episode yeah. until the end. And then they yeah. turned it on its head, which I, again, I loved. I was like, okay, awesome. They're, they're not, because they could have easily just at the end of this episode gotten off and right. they don't. And so it's like, oh, okay, this actually is really interesting. But before the whole episode, I'm like, okay, 30 minutes, of course, this is the ship they land, they get off, they're done. Great. Uh, but it doesn't end up being that at all. So um, we also see, uh, you know, before they leave a cool call out I had noticed was, and I didn't realize it fully at first, but on the, on, when I rewatched it, there's a quick shot after Loki comes in where he looks over at the lockers and then uh -huh. the next scene is him with his knives. And so I was like, Oh, he broke into the locker and got his knife. I thought he like conjured more knives, but then I realized, you know, the TV, there's no magic in the TV, but I, I loved uh, Loki's manipulation of those daggers throughout the whole episode. It was the coolest thing. I don't know if that's like something where Tom Hiddleston was like, Oh yeah, I really want to have this sort of flourish. But, you know, there'd be those scenes where he would hold them in front of him and then he would like do a quick maneuver where he had them in different positions in his hands or he would like toss them up in the air and catch them or he'd make them disappear or right. he would like duck around with them. I don't know. He it seemed like he really knew what he was doing with them, obviously, because they're his weapons. But just cool to kind of see that fleshed out. You kind of see it in Thor Ragnarok, but uh, really on display here for sure. 
yeah, that's what I like about these series is like you get to see the more secondary characters fleshed out, and you know he he has like uh his magic manipulation. He learned, I guess he learned from Frigga how to uh store things. Like you know he's saying the uh the uh um temp pad the temp pad was in his heart. Like he just like makes things appear out of nowhere. Yeah, I loved that. It's in my heart. Oh, well, I'm gonna cut your heart out. <laughs> it's like yeah. the dialogue in here was so good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what's funny though? Because like I said, my favorite bit of like, cool, they're back at the TVA. This is awesome. Literally five minute mark and they're gone on this episode. Yeah. I was like, man, like again, I have no qualms about uh Lamentus, but I just really wanted to spend more time with the TVA, especially with uh Renslayer showing up and saying I loved when she said uh go for it the way that she said go for it when she's like i'm gonna kill Loki," she's like go Mm -hmm. for it and it was like oh this is awesome and then they just disappear and we never see them again the rest of the episode so i'm sure things will pick up in the next one but i was i was kind of expecting renslayer and mobius to have more especially after where they were left uh which means that honestly that marvel's got some big shoes to fill for episode four for sure yeah I, i think renslayer's in on the whole uh the the what's the word i'm looking for like the whole secret behind the tva oh yeah a hundred percent yeah so i think we guessed that from the very beginning Mm -hmm. with her being like the judge of it all um but yeah so you know five minutes in and we're gone and now we're on lamentus one which is in in uh, 2077 and uh it's funny too i know we talked about this where i said okay the only i've i've been doing my best to not be spoiled by anything for the show uh-huh. including i haven't been watching any of the clips i saw there was some new sylvie clip that came out and someone was like "Ooh, that's revealing and i was like well thank god i haven't watched it but uh right. before i saw this episode i saw someone say something about lamentus and they mm. were like what what does lamentus even mean or, or do you know about lamentus and i was like oh crap i shouldn't be in this channel and uh <laughs> and i was like oh the episode's titled lamentus thank god all right cool it probably it means something we'll figure it out but at least the spoiler is gone but I did see something on uh, Twitter. Uh, I follow, it's like Marvel perfect shots or something like that, where they basically, yeah. quote, and, and one of them was, it just said Lamentus 2077. And I was like, oh, they must be talking about cyberpunk. Cause I, you know, cyberpunk, cyberpunk <laughs> yeah, 2077. So I was yep. like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's probably not a spoiler. So mm-hmm. I, I thankfully avoided it until it happened, but it is, it's Lamentus one and it is a moon. Uh, that a planet is currently about to destroy. So Loki pressed on that tempad and uh, took them. According to Sylvie, she explains that she had a bunch of uh, locations where the apocalypses mm-hmm. were saved into that tempad so she could have quick escapes. And right. Loki just happened to click a random one that happened to be this planet. And now they're here. And uh, also they uh, the battery is running dry. So uh, we get to this part two where she says she starts to slowly reveal what's going on. She says, this is a plan that has been years in the making. And uh, she's like, and I'm not going to let you, I'm going to go back and finish what I started. She does not reveal what that plan is though. And Loki is sort of assuming that it's timekeeper related, but you know, that's how they're kind of getting in these initial arguments is she is being very secretive. She does not want to explain anything, which is honestly very Loki-like. Uh, so no surprise there, but I'm, I'm like, even after the episode is over, cause she essentially says throughout the plan was to, I think she said, destroy the timekeepers maybe because when Loki said it, he wanted to overthrow them. And she said something about, I don't want to rule or I'm not trying to do that. So right. what is it that she's trying to do? I, I think it's more like, I, I, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit here is like the, the reveal is that, you know, that, the the, the the, the uh, TVA agents are variants that have been, you know, taken over. So I think she's just like trying to free them. Like, but did she know maybe, that maybe, they were that before she read C20's mind? Uh, maybe. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking she she's able to read their mind. That's why she does it so easily with C20. Like, you know, this this is the power she said she learned. You know, in, in her timeline, this is how this is what she learned how to how to how to do you know enchant people but it's not just enchanting it's, it's, it's reading their minds like she said she's she gets to see past their their time in the tva which is what i think is what's going on with mobius mobius is probably some like dude back in the 90s that had a freaking 
jet, jet ski. ski and all that stuff. That's why he's so enamored with it. You know, it was, that was that was his life before, but he just can't figure it out. And that's what uh, also gives me pause about those rings on on Renslayer's uh, side table when he's putting his drink down. Mm-hmm. Is there other? We we well, I know this is something people brought up before. Is there other variants of Mobius? Were, were there other ones before him? You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. How many how many lifetimes or cycles has this dude lived? Or or is it is it the same guy and they're mind wiping him? Because right. you can kind of tell with this show that he's very sympathetic towards Loki, despite what he says, he's got a soft spot for him. And you know, setting aside any of the theories of you know, there's millions of Mobiuses or Mobius is a Loki variant. Like regardless, he does sort of care about Loki. So I could see him being that kind of guy where. He's done that with other variants too, mm-hmm. where he's kind of gotten himself a little attached in that way. And they've had to mind wipe him and right. bring him back to wherever, you know, he would forget about that. And so he would forget about the, you know, the the stains on the table. But that also doesn't make sense with her saying they're different analysts, but she could be lying. I mean, there's she could be lying, she could yeah. Be lying. What you're saying makes sense because I remember you and David talked about this last week, but uh, you know, with with um with Mobius and everything, like, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought already. <laughs> <laughs> we got to catch that train, Robert. I know, yeah. I'm Let's looking at it now. On that train. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, with, with with Mobius and everything, like, I don't know. Like, like yeah, Renslayer's probably lying to him. And, and yeah, you're right. He probably just got his mind wiped a bunch of times. But then to, you're to opening another can of worms. How do they wipe minds? I don't know. That's the thing. What's the deal with the, because the, and you know, maybe we'll, should we save this for when we get to that spot or should we really dive in? I'm cool. Oh, with go ahead. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Screw it. We're diving in. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we're getting to this bit where, okay. So if, if they are all variants and for those of you, I'm hoping all of you who are listening have watched this already. We're talking about this happens towards the very end of the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Sylvie basically says she looked into C20's mind and uh, had to go back hundreds of years to before she fought for the TVA are the words that she used. And Loki says, uh, she says her mind was messed up. And she says she was just a regular person on earth who liked margaritas. And she said, they're all variants like us. They just don't know that. And Loki's like, that is not, obviously that is not what the TVA said they are. It says that they've been created by the TVA. So if the TVA is using variants to do their dirty work, there are a million questions that are spawned from that one. And that's why I think it's funny that nothing really happens in this episode in regards to world building like that, except right. this one thing, but this one thing opens up such a Pandora's box of questions that most of it is impossible to understand. Like there's, I can't even wrap my mind around this. So if they're using variants for, for all of the work, one, how long have they been doing that? Has it been for hundreds of years or is the TVA outside of time? Okay, cool. If they're outside of time, how are they recruiting? Are they still recruiting? Because my guess, if that's the case with everything that we know, I think when they use that, when they use their disintegration stick, that that is turning them into a slave to the TVA, if you will. Yeah, so what I, is it doing that? It's disintegrating their body, and maybe they reanimate on the other side, where they're then indoctrinated into the TVA, and they have to work for them for the rest of their life. I think so, man. I think that's what it is. I think I think either the sticks or the the reset charges kind of like take the variant and put them in a like some kind of indoctrination program, like like you said, like wipes their minds and. Like remember how she she had all those uh, charges in the first place, and when she dropped them, they they split and made other variant timelines. Right. Like maybe she figured out maybe she figured out by reading somebody's mind how to how to reanimate or you know reintegrate those those uh, variants in the first place. Which is what reminds me about that point. Like you and David were talking about last week, like how they explained how stuff works in the last episode. Like kind of explaining to Loki and the audience. I think you think like maybe they're trying to integrate him too in a kind of way, like like quizzing him on stuff. Like I see, but that, that's the bigger question, right? If they wanted to integrate him, they should have just disintegrated him, right? Oh, well, I mean, maybe, but maybe they, they're, you know, because now they, now they need him to catch this other one. And so then when they're done, they're, the plan would be then to disintegrate both of the Lokis and have them work for the TVA? I guess. That's, I just, it's, it's uh, again, too many questions. Cause then does yeah. that mean the TVA is always recruiting? They're always looking for people or did they have a big recruiting drive 
300 years ago or again whenever maybe whenever like the multiversal war ended and whoever it is because we know at this point now if this is a lie like the timekeepers yeah. are for sure a lie so whoever yeah, it is no, that no did that lizards, yeah. <laughs> was it was it at that moment when whoever that is or whoever they are uh said okay we're going to create a system that monitors the timeline we'll monitor it but we need people to enforce it mm. let's get these variants to enforce it and then they just again recruitment drive from who even knows like what 900 ad to 1250 ad whatever and then they stopped or are they always looking for new people in which case why are they always looking for new people why aren't what like I don't know. That's like a the company, the business side of me. Like, do they need a million employees? Is the, is it that serious of an issue that the timeline is breaking that quickly, or is it specific people that they've noticed when they come in and oh, uh, C twenty is really good at X, Y, and Z. Let's make her a TVA variant that works for us. I just there's a lot there that I I yeah. just can't comprehend. Those are all good questions, man. Like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I said, this 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 episode is, is opened a lot of freaking doors as far as what's going to happen in the show. Yeah, yeah. So. Again, for being such a closed off uh, pit stop of an episode, like that's like going to a, a gas station and finding your favorite candy that you never like see anymore. You're like, holy mm -hmm. crap! But the gas station was terrible. So again, this episode was not <laughs> terrible, but you get my point. So yeah. uh, kind of going back to this, there. This is where they're walking. Um, they're now on this planet and they've kind of escaped. Sylvie explains again, this is a, a moon and, and this, you kind of, you said it, but uh, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. This, these scenes, the cinematography, the CGI, there are a couple of moments where it sort of, you're like, okay, like I, I, I can see that it is CGI, but I can forgive them because the, the purples, the pinks, the blues of everything was just absolutely gorgeous and I absolute eye candy the entire time. Like I was lost in that planet and getting to watch the meteorites coming down and smashing into the, the moon was just like, give me a screensaver of that. I want my yeah. computer to just have the meteorites falling on, on uh, Lamentus. But so they're walking at this point, I guess they're in an area where there isn't as much meteorite activity, but you know, Loki's talking with Sylvie. He's she, he's called her Loki. She said, don't call me that. And now he's calling her variant. And she says, don't call me that. And uh, I feel like this should have been playing that song. They call me Stacy. They call me Loki. <laughs> That's not my name. And she says, uh, my name is Sylvie. And he says, ah, oh, changing names. Whatnot. And she says, it's an alias. So we now know that you know, again, we, I'm really happy that we didn't talk about any of the speculation around this character in the last episode, right. uh, because I had a really good feeling that that was, you know, one of those, uh, Bova milk moments. Uh, mm. we, we were, or we could call it the Mephisto moment is probably what you would call it. Like there's, I still, I'm not convinced of anything for that. So I'm glad that they really buried that and just said, that's her alias. She came up with the name and, uh, that's where we're at with it. But she says something that I really liked and I could have swore that you mentioned in the first episode or even before the show came out, she says, what makes Loki Loki? And maybe what you had said was, or it was what Mobius says about what makes a Loki tick. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just love the way that she phrased that. And he says, independence, authority, and style. And she says, but yet you're working for the oppressive TVA. And he says, I don't work for them. I'm a consultant. And I, I love that line just because I am, that's, I am a consultant. But uh, the whole bit with uh, la the lady shooting them. So this, so they're, they're walking and they finally get to this town. And this is where it felt like season or episode one of season two of Mandalorian. They're like walking into that, that town where there's only, you know, 17 houses along the one row. And there's an old lady hiding in her home. And it's yeah. a small little hovel surrounded by sand. And it's all purple though. So in that case, I like it better than Tatooine. But uh, <laughs> They're trying to just figure out where, like what's going on, where they're supposed to go. And so they use their Loki wiles to try and get this lady to help them, which doesn't work out. But eventually they're like, look, we'll just be honest instead. Like we're just trying to get off this planet. And, uh, and she says that there's an arc and they're like, what? And she says, it's a, uh, a uh, evacuation vessel. And so they head in the direction of getting on. There's a train that's going to take 
and not to sound inceptiony, but you're, you know, they're heading to, to a train and uh, they're trying to get on this train and we get to see the Loki team up. We never thought we wanted or needed of Loki and Loki tag teaming with their, both of their magic. So Loki turns into a guard and acts like Captain America while Sylvie um, takes her, uh, uses her powers to mind control the other guard into letting them on the train. Love right. that scene. And uh, so then at that point, they get on and he's still kind of acting a little bit like uh, Captain America, but this whole train bit I thought was fantastic. The conversation that him and Sylvie have is so great. And there's a lot of really big, uh, again, not like huge bombshells. They're kind of things we already knew, but it was just nice to have a, sh again, like you said, have a show that dives into these side characters to learn a little bit more about them. We get right. a really great uh, instance of representation here too, with uh, basically both of the Lokis admitting that they're bisexual, which was really cool to see, uh, especially got a cool call out from, I think it was Kate Heron tweeted out uh, that they were, you know, working hard to try and get that representation in the show. And uh, there's even some lighting people. Have been, and I think she confirmed it too, that the lighting in that episode, and I, I tried to see what shot it was she shared, but mm -hmm. the, I, I guess the, the bisexual flag is like purple, pink, and blue. And the lighting is kind of similar to that in the train, which again, I didn't really catch even on the second viewing. Obviously I caught the purple, like that whole, the whole episode is just this purple view vibe, but well um, the whole, the whole, like the, the contrast of the planet is that's pretty much what it is like purple, pink, and blue. Purple, pink. Yeah. So, uh, which is cool. That's just so cool to see that them, they're doing that. They're not afraid to do that anymore. Obviously, we have come, as I'm sure you could attest, Robert, we're cut, we've come a long way from Iron Man 2. So, uh, <laughs> or even any of those old movies. Uh, right. And, and quotes, quotes around old for sure. But so within this conversation, we get that, we find out, and I think we sort of knew that uh frigga taught loki magic mm -hmm. which was awesome i will any anytime we can get even a mention of frigga i'm happy about it but the fondness that loki talks about her when he's sharing that with sylvie was just so sweet to see uh he says that you know she taught him all these tricks she he wanted to make fireworks and she was showing him that and said i can teach you that and said uh you can do anything and I just, the supportive mom, just so cool, so touching. And at the same time that we get Sylvie kind of explaining where she's coming from, completely different story. And this is actually, in a way, I guess, cracking open another can of worms. So Sylvie knew that she was adopted right away. Uh, I think she said she wasn't super familiar with her parents or wasn't on good terms with her parents. Basically right. a completely different story from Loki. No, I, I I just enjoyed like his, his backstory talking about Frigga because like I said before, like get getting this deep dive into these characters is fun, and like like you you could see why like what what his uh his attachment to her was in in you know Dark World even though it sucked but you could see why he wanted to take revenge like in any other movies it just seemed like he he held on to the fact that. He wasn't loved or any of that stuff in, in, in Asgard, but that was the one person, I guess, that he can, he can, you know, uh, think about. Yeah, it's like the only person that loves me is my mom, mm -hmm. and it's not even really my mom. Super, so sad, such a sad yeah. tale. Uh, and so we get we get some uh, kind of a back and forth around this theme of love uh, in this episode. Uh, Sylvie says that love is hate, mm -hmm. and uh, interesting. And then as they're conversing, you know, he's. Uh, she asks him like, oh, you know, you're a prince, right? Are there any princes or princesses that you know, have caught your eye? And he says a little bit of both. I'm sure you're the same way. And right. she's like, yeah, but, you know, it's just never really, uh, you know, no, no one has ever really connected with them before. And she then says, love is mischief. And I kind of liked that. Uh, but then eventually we find out, you know, Loki has this really great explanation of love being a dagger, which yeah. I honestly really liked. I was like, oh, that, you know, him, the way he explained it, it made sense to me. And mm -hmm. then she's like, oh, this is a terrible metaphor. But I was like, that actually wasn't that bad. Like that was a pretty in-depth metaphor of like some for somebody like him of what mm -hmm. it means to him. So um, what did you think about that? And actually, and what did you think about that entire sequence once he starts drinking? Oh well, you know that that's just just him doing his thing, like causing mischief and chaos. But you know that that's the thing about Loki; he's good with words. Like even he's making stuff up on the fly. Like 
at the end you realize it's it's, it's he he's just he's just trying to you know he's just trying to lie to you just like he did in, in the other episode with with uh with Mobius. So yeah. he was doing the same thing with with Sylvie. <laughs> That's all that was. But yeah, I uh, there's and there's also I wanted to call this out too. There's a great bit right around here. Uh, when they're kind of drinking, maybe it's even right before they're having their little party, but mm -hmm. there's a wide shot of the train going through the moon and there is a giant rock that's coming down onto the planet. Oh yeah. Smashes into the planet and you start seeing the reverberations of it as the trains, you know, going in a different direction, but just the, the unseen dread of, an incursion of uh, Jonathan Hickman. Eh, it wouldn't be exactly Jonathan Hickman level proportions since that was two earths colliding, but a moon, an earth colliding into a moon is like insane to me. So yeah. I thought that was super cool. But then, yeah, my comment or my thought on this is Loki ruined everything. Like if he hadn't have drank anything, they would probably be on the arc. And but then what happens on the arc? <laughs> Well, but like I See, said, they, they would have gotten to, and again, they're not trying at that point, they're not trying to escape, right? They are just trying to get to the arc. So if they hadn't screwed around, if he hadn't screwed around on the train, the train would have made it to the arc way sooner. They would have gotten the power up for the temp pad and they would have gotten out of there probably before any of that madness started. Yeah. Because maybe they're not even trying to get on. That was a last minute sort of uh, audible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right, but we still like, when as soon as they get to it, we see what happens to the arc, but I don't know, man. Maybe 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 things were supposed to happen the way they did. Who I mean, knows? isn't that the sacred timeline? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We'll never know. Nope. Um, and yeah, and so the you know one of the people doesn't like Loki singing and leaves and brings guards back, and so we get another cool fight with everyone fighting. Sylvie uses her horns to uh, fight fight off one person. I thought was super cool. For anyone curious as well. Those horns are a direct pullout from Loki, Agent of Asgard, uh, which was super cool to see. I know we kind of saw that in the last episode, but I love that she's actually using it to fight. Uh, and maybe that's probably, again, in MCU headcanon, that's probably why the horn broke is because she probably smacked it over somebody's head or something and it cracked off. Um, but then, yeah, Loki flies out the window and uh, Sylvie jumps out the window after him. So now they are no longer on the train. And she is furious because, again, this is not going the way that she thought it was going. She starts getting mad. She screams. And we uh, get to a bit where Loki kind of sits with her and sort of tries to apologize. But he suggests we could still escape on the Ark. And she's like, what are you even talking about? And he says, well, you know, the entire world dies, right? Uh, you know, the Ark dies. And she's like, yeah. She goes, but they never had us on it. And that, that also uh, reminded me of Thor. Oh, there's a great Thor bit too we missed in the bar where he smashes his drink down and says another. Oh, uh, yeah. So great yep. Thor call out. <laughs> Again, they are brothers. But then in this part too, he says, uh, it was kind of like when Thor's talking about Thanos and he says, uh, he's never fought, fought me twice. And he's like, well, they never had us on, on that arc. And she's like, well, that adds up. Let's go. And so they leave and they start walking on foot to the city and that is where we get the conversation about the variants the explanation of those variants so um we're now kind of caught up with that crazy uh, bombshell that we get and loki's you know surprised as well which is great uh, but we get to the city and as i was watching it on the second go i know we had talked a little bit about what the city felt like but as i got my vibes were it was a mix of madripoor and sakar what about yeah. you yeah yeah, I I got that like Madripoor and Sakaar. Like, I I just loved that 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 whole thing was like a, like a like a one shot. Like they were just following around. Oh, all that this, one like, track. Oh, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Like very John Wick destruction and stuff. Yeah, very John Wick or Wiki. Whatever. <laughs> probably either way is probably fine. Yeah, no, that was yeah. cool and seeing them try to and I as she said I loved the line that she says she's like uh, what did she say she goes we we trust each other right. And he says, yes, we do. And you can. And she goes, all right, then we need to get going because this is going to suck. And then they just start trying to, you know, if you start hearing with literally crowds of people in the city, you hear over the speakers, we are at capacity, please go back to your homes. And it's like, who would listen to that? And I think there's, yeah. there's a, a, a minor nitpick in this piece of 
why do any of these people care at all what Loki and Sylvie are doing? Because the world is literally about to end and these guards keep trying to stop them, specifically them. And it's like, who cares, man? Like, I bet you in five minutes, we're all going to be dead. Like, leave them alone. I think it's just 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 for the action set piece to show you know all this chaos around them and them fighting. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. You're right. What's what's the point of fighting if, if I'm one of them guards? I can give a damn about what they're doing. But. I mean, that would have been really like a really good kind of Rick and Morty comedy bit, right? Would have been like right. one of the guards, like like she like walks up and the guards there, and he goes, "Yep, screw this. I'm about to die anyway," and then just leaves. Like that would have right. been hilarious. I would have laughed. Yeah, I like the point, like when the moon started cracking open. That was nuts. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, that so that was the planet. Oh yeah, that's right. It's the planet. Yeah, yeah and that's what I because I kept mixing it up. I was like, are they on the planet or are they on the moon? But they they're on the moon, and it's the planet that's coming to kill them. Uh, and then we get an amazing, probably uh, well, actually. So my favorite scene of this whole thing is probably that diner scene of just them talking because again, I'm I'm a sucker for character growth. But right. besides that and that intro bit I mentioned, this part was one of my favorites, which is Loki using his powers now that he's not in the TVA to lift an entire building back up to where it's supposed to be. Oh, what yeah. is that? What was that? I have no, I've never seen him use that kind of power before. That's like, that. that's like God level power. Yeah. I, I mean, it literally was like, he just moved his hands and that entire spire went back to where it was like, is that reversing time? Is he lifting it up with uh, telekinesis? It, I have no idea. But I'm like, so, damn, dude, you should have opened with that. So I got a question for you. Like, now, remember, remember, uh, is it something that he didn't learn yet? Because this is the 2012 Loki. Like, how how Sylvie can see in other people's minds. Remember, he did that to Valkyrie in Ragnarok. Like, he put her thumb on her forehead, and he can see her past. Like, did this this uh, Tom Hiddleston version can't do that yet? You think? Uh, yeah, probably not. I don't think so. I mean, it huh. clearly seems like he hasn't, right? Because yeah, I mean, he he's like shocked at her. I forgot about that scene in, in Thor Ragnarok. That's a man, dude. You're bringing out you're bringing out the bombshells here. That's big. So does that mean that that is a Loki that has taught himself as well how to use it, or is that in a sense the same Loki and he's using what he learned from Sylvie? Ooh, I don't know. Good point. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but that's the end of the episode, right? We're, we're literally at the end now. 34 minutes has passed uh, in the show's time. I'm not sure how long we've been going, but uh, the ending is them getting right before the uh, the arc and a giant rock cuts it in half and explodes it. And right. literally the episode ends on Loki staring up at it, completely defeated. And that's the episode. Uh, no after credits, no nothing. Uh, short and sweet but like i said i really liked this ending because it it it's a great cliffhanger and you're not getting that easy out that the mandalorian takes where they get you know one way or another we know they're probably getting away and if they'd have just done that at the end of the episode it would have felt like a one and done episode whereas now it feels like like what's going to happen next like how the hell are they going to get out of here and uh i know you have some thoughts on that well, my thought on that is either either you can create a big enough variance that they can see something, or if 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 times times not really an issue, the TVA uh, Mobius will get there when he gets there because now he knows they hide they hide in in apocalypses. So it doesn't matter how much time has passed for this episode or how much time you know it's not relative to what they're going through. He'll get there when he gets there. So hopefully it's in time, but like, you know, You're saying, it's, like, it's, you know it's, like, it's like saying, it's like saying there's so many different variants going into these different timelines. Like he shows up whenever it's not, it's not like, like he he's on a time time path to check each and each and every one. He gets there when he gets there. It doesn't matter how much time passes for them or how much time passes for him. He gets there when he gets there. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So like he, you know, he figures this, he could, he could figure this out in a month and he right. could show up when they're in the mining room and, Correct. and save them before right, they right even when, get right on when the plane. That or when before right, right before the planet's about to like be totally destroyed. Right, right. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter when he shows up in his timeline. It just matters when he shows up for them. So that that could that could be the way out. Yeah. I mean I'm in total agreement with you. I'm obviously open to anything Marvel decides, but I really do think that it's going to be the TVA saving them. And right. like you said, it's either going to be them 
activating the sensors for the TVA by creating a variance or the TVA finding them through the research. Yeah, like said. So one or I, the other. I think I think the second one's the one the one that's more likely. Because it, like it's all like I said, it's all relative. They can show up whenever. Yeah, because I don't think I mean they make a really big deal of saying that you can't really create a variance in an apocalypse. An apocalypse, yeah. And they're they're honestly they're at the point of it being too late anyway, right? Like there's what could they even do as a variance? Besides, no maybe idea. Loki could use his magic again and fix the whole planet. <laughs> so, something, maybe. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, that is, you know, when this episode ended, it was wild because I'm sitting there, my mind is blown, and I don't know what to think. Like, there's so many Marvel episodes and, and where you end it and you go, oh, like, I know what's going to happen next. Like, episode what was it episode four of falcon and winter soldier ends and you're like oh no like literally next is going to be them fighting uh john walker whereas when this one ended i have no idea where this show is going now like they've they've answered everything and the only thing we really know is the timekeepers are going to get what's coming to them like karma is coming and that includes mobius and renslayer and all of them like i don't know what's going to happen but something's happening with them other than that i'm clueless i have no idea yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to Mobius, but I think yeah, there's a reckoning for for Renslayer and whoever whoever's in charge and of doing this. We've seen, and I, I mean, we're still. I, I think even her appearance in this episode has increased her screen time to what five minutes now in this entire show. They are going to need, and that's probably what's going to happen since we didn't see them at all. This next episode is probably going to be heavy on Renslayer and Mobius because if Renslayer is as bad as we assume she is, how can we even care about her if we've only seen her for like five minutes? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like they're going to have to really develop her in this next episode for us to care about her being the big, whatever her reveal is. I mean, if she's just a pawn and she doesn't even know what she's doing, then fine, great. But I really, I, I'm like you, I, I feel like there's something more to her and I really hope we find out what it is sooner than later because we're we're halfway done with the show now. Yeah, I mean, like, I like she she's conveniently right there to catch the two of them in in, in the TVA. So like, there's well, something yeah, going you're right. On like there. she knew where they she knew kind of where they were going. Mm -hmm. But where were they going? They were going to find the timekeepers. I so think. So is that door that they were about to enter into? Is that the timekeeper door? I think that's what she was trying to get C twenty to tell her. So their timekeepers just chilling in the TVA. Or what, whatever it is, not it's not right. Maybe yeah, it's not that's what I'm saying. Though, whatever, like, whatever, whoever's pulling the strings, she she found out. She's finding out how to get to them. She's not, you know, minutes. Maybe Syl Sylvie's not Sylvie's not telling you know everything she knows. She she only gave us a little bit in this episode as far as like the, yeah. the, the variants, but I don't think she I think she still got some you know some stuff close to the vest. Like she's not telling Loki. Oh, I and I that was actually what I was going to dive into too. Sylvie Sylvie makes a comment. That she's been, well, she says she's been doing this for years or planning this for years. But she right. also says something about, you know, ever since she was a kid. How is how is Sylvie even possible in the in the sacred timeline? If Loki, mm -hmm. male Loki, is the, the sacred timeline, where how did Sylvie ever factor into anything? Uh, like you said, she learned she learned her power quickly. So maybe she she learned when she learned her power how to enchant people. She started she started being able to read their minds and she, she learned how to like hide in apocalypses and nobody ever thought of it till the other one, till, till the other Loki showed up. But so does that, so she, she could have been, she could have been living a whole lifetime when she was 12, 15, maybe, maybe. Okay. So for 15 years, the TVA didn't know that a female Loki existed in the yeah, time. Yeah. That's maybe what I'm saying. it's kind of maybe. strange. Right. If they never thought of, of, of looking at apocalypses to find her, has she that always she, lived in an apocalypse then? Maybe. Because she she kind she kind look she kind of knew what was going to happen at uh, uh at this planet. She she knew what was happening. But she didn't even have to look at anything. She knew what was going to happen to DR. She knew nobody survived. She she kind of explained that when they're walking right, around. So she's Lamentis. been there before. So she knows she knows what's going on. So maybe she spent a decade or so, or or however many years. Well, Loki's fifteen hundred years old, isn't he? Yeah. So. Sylvie is also 1500 years old and has uh, evaded the TVA for that long. Like I, I, I trust Marvel and I trust that they're going to have an airtight explanation. And that's what makes me so excited for this. These next few episodes is like, 
if they can answer that awesome because that's a huge question is like you've got there's a difference between variants and multiversal variants you know what i mean like if if male loki is the sacred timeline then any variant should just be a male loki doing something that he shouldn't have been That's, doing. They, they show that in the sort of grip things, right? Like you see the the Hulk Loki or the Loki that wins the bike race. Like that's right. just Loki accidentally hitting a gamma bomb or Loki going and racing. But like, how do you get, how do you let a female Loki in sort of thing? Like, especially with her having a, apparently a totally different childhood too. To me, she's coming from a completely different universe. That would be my bet is that she's not even a part of the sacred timeline that she is from some other universe of a timeline where, you know, whatever a, a branch timeline, that's a different universe. Like miles Morales, she's the Loki in miles Morales's universe. What is she, what is, what if she's a, a, a survivor of the, uh, the uh, multiverse war? That's perfect. There's there's your explanation. That's all yeah. I needed. Thank you, Robert. I I buy oh. that. I'd buy that. And she, yes. especially if she's so, ooh man, because if she is so anti timekeeper, but she also doesn't want to talk about it, it would make sense that her the timekeepers like destroyed her her universe during the multiversal war. Yet she snuck away and survived. Yeah. Um. Man, history history's told by the victor, right? Exactly. Because, we don't even so, know when that war was. Was that yeah. what could have been a hundred years ago? Well, no, it would have been a couple of hundred years ago because it's whenever they got C twenty. Right. So, like, she she knows the exact truth. She probably has has more of the truth than the TVA has been telling people. Mm-hmm. You know, the, with their propaganda and misminutes and everything. So, who knows? She, like I said, I, I think she she knows more than what she's telling. Oh, but she totally she is. hasn't been able to explain more. So the questions haven't been answered yet. Just just one so far. I uh, so here's my here's my prediction for this next episode is. I think if if I, I want to go off of your theory of them finding the TVA finding them, mm-hmm. and so this next episode, my bet is we are going to get a similar episode to this one, uh, where it's character building between Mobius and Renslayer, mm-hmm. and the episode focuses on them trying to find Loki, and they then go get Loki. So you're getting essentially an identical episode except less Loki Sylvie, but they save them maybe towards the end. I don't know. It just popped into my head, but I I feel like we're going to get a lot of focus on them, maybe trying to find them. And through that, we're going to get a lot of dialogue around the TVA. Maybe even, you know, Renslayer's like, all right, I'm going to take you to meet the timekeepers because he says that he's never met them. So like maybe like, okay, Loki's gone. Sylvie's gone. This has gotten way out of hand. Yeah. She want to talk with you. Right. They're furious. I don't, yeah, like I, I don't think I don't think they. I think it's an inadvertent save too. Like they're looking for him to to get rid of him or or to, to bring him to trial or whatever. So it's not like the TVA is going to show up just to like help him out. They're, they're oh, showing yeah, right, up. Yeah, because, they're going to just take them back to the TVA. Right. They're they're trying to find him in the first place. And then Mobius is probably going to help them break out in a sense, like because they're you know they're going to probably get handcuffed or whatever. And so it's like, what are we back on it? Back to episode one. I bet you Mobius kind of gets them out of that jam, and then they. Take, take down the TVA, maybe that I don't know. Wow. I mean, they're kind of slick, though. You think they like the, the two of them working together? Kind of slick. They 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 can oh, cut through. So slick. They can cut through some some agents and Minutemen pretty quick, and they just get the hell out of there. Take 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 somebody's temp pad, get through the door, and leave those guys there. Yeah. I mean, like I mean, like like it kind of kind of explains it kind of explains how she has like. I, I would say like like her character is more callous because you would like to think that she's justified in what she's doing. She's got some kind of virtuous thing going on as far as what she's doing with the timeline. But it, you kind of look back at how she, like she burned those dudes alive and everything at, at the beginning and, 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 and the, the, the whole murder thing or whatnot, but maybe to her, it's just, it's not a thing because these people are variants anyway. They, they're not, they're not supposed to be here or whatever. Yeah. She doesn't I have care. no idea. Right. No, that's a good point. And uh, I also, I know we're going bone going back to that, but like she shows up in the TVA when she takes the temp pad and gets there. Not a single alarm goes off. So like they're all gone. Well, but they're- there's, I mean, there's clearly TVA people there, right? There's some Minutemen that she fights, but it's like her and Loki are. There's like zero security besides these guards, and the guards are as oblivious as anybody. Like there's no cameras everywhere monitoring everything. There's no. I would think that if a variant 
well, and that goes back to them all being variants, but like if a variant showed up at the TVA, alarms should be going off saying there is a variant on premise. But again, it, it would go off every day because they're all variants. So right. maybe that's why, but the, the, they're doing a good job of showing just how powerful the TVA is, but also right. how inept they are. Like they just can't seem to do anything right. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's supposed to happen. Like, yeah, it's all supposed to happen. Cha- chaos is chaos is supposed to happen. You can't, you can't control I mean, yeah, we, we know time, time is a construct, you know, measured by us. We, we, we created quote unquote yeah. time as a measurement, but like you can't, you can't stop what's happening is you can, as much as you can try to control it, it's eventually going to find a way to be chaotic. And, and this is what happened in the show. I think. Yeah. That's the whole order or chaos from order sort of thing. Like you can't, right. when you go from order to chaos, you can't go back. Like it's, it's uh, what is the, term is like letting it's literally like letting a cat out of a bag right that's the thing is the minute the cat is out of the bag you can't put it back in because it won't go back in the bag so it's like right things are always going from that stasis to uh what's the word like devolution in a sense Mm -hmm. they you know everything deteriorates and uh, you know it's time moves that way it's always going from something being whole to something being uh, from order to chaos so um, that's and that's a, I think that's probably a great a great place to put a cap on this before we get too <laughs> too speculative. But um, yeah, so again, really enjoyed this episode. Thought it was great. Uh, can't wait for the next one. The next few, uh, I will say, as a point of housekeeping, uh, there will not be a episode four spoiler review. I, and I, I'm not even going to promise doing one when I get back. I'm going to be on vacation during that time. Uh, so I'm just going to let it slide again. You know, that's the beauty of having your own podcast. I'm not, I'm not uh, being paid to do these episodes. So uh, we will be taking a week off, but we will be back talking about uh, episode five. And I'm sure we will dive into episode four while we're talking about that. But just so you guys are aware, so enjoy your break while I enjoy mine. Might have a special episode. Uh, it's not really special, but the, the comic book of the month episode will come out in its place. Uh, which should give you guys some Loki goodness while I'm gone. But Robert, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure and uh, can't wait to do this again. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Absolutely. So for all of us here at Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you on Lamentis. (laughs) 